Hello, listeners. Welcome to the 44th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your last two weeks since we took last week off. My name is Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. Guys, it's good to see you again. Dakota, what have you been playing? Um, I bought Xenoblade Chronicle 2 much against my better judgment. Cause... Oh my god, right after <laughs> Persona? <laughs> I Why do you even... do this to yourself? Because <laughs> I wanted a fun game to play while I, while I was on the plane, okay. and... Nothing else sounded fun. It was either that or Stardew Valley again, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that to myself. So, <laughs> okay. Much against my better judgment, I did get Xenoblade Chronicles two, and I knew it was a bad idea because it's another 200 hour long game, and I haven't beat right. Persona yet, and I still yeah. want to play God of War. I think you should just give up on Persona. I'll, I'll be the, yep. I'll be the one this... to let you off the hook. Just quit it. At this point, like, I'm definitely taking a hard break from it because I have no intentions of playing it anytime soon. I'm just so tired. Marcus, what about you? I'm so close to the end. Oh, dude. uh, Since the past two weeks, I can say that I've been playing Jump Force, Anthem, and Destiny 2. Yeah, we have Jump Force review coming up. It is uh, interesting. (laughs) So basically all the worst games. How dare you? Destiny 2 is godlike. He really likes the, the Destiny DLC. Like, I, all of it has been really yeah, good. Yeah, Season of the Drifter just dropped yesterday, and I've been having a good time. Good. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, positive acclaim. I honestly think Destiny's best friend was Anthem releasing, because it was like, hey, you know that game that is just like ours? Well, like, look at what that one's doing and uh come back and play play destiny 2 because it's the better version or at least according to most it seems like the better version of the two the only other competition that's coming out next week is division 2 which is also really fun tried out that beta i'm excited for that i played a lot of division the original one so i'm i'm excited for division 2 i i think that's just fits a little better for me like destiny and in division i can get into i i was excited for anthem but i didn't need much bad news until i was like okay i'm i'm out i don't need this so yeah we'll see if it gets fixed up anthem's fun it's just i don't want to break my control my ps4 yeah which we'll get to in, in a little bit uh i have been playing trials rising a lot of it like a lot of trials rising which is the the motocross um essentially trial and error game where you're just trying to get to the end of levels. It, there's a lot of platforming involved and it's really, really difficult. It's got a weird sense of humor. Like the deaths are, are really odd. Have either of you ever played limbo? Yeah. 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 It's the death sequences in limbo are kind of similar to the death sequences and trials, like where there there's just these weird wonky physics and your like body parts just go fly, you know, flying everywhere. So it's that's been a lot of fun. I'm also playing Metro Exodus. I'm I'm getting a little closer to the finish line there. I played on the no uh, HUD, so like I are I have like no visual there. I don't know how much ammo my gun has. There's visual ways to check, but it's just the whole game is just clean. So it's just the game, and that's it. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah, cool. it, it's great. Um, it's really really hard, but I've I've appreciated for what it is. Like, there's not many games that give me sort of the same survival uh, gameplay that Metro does. There's, I have a lot of critiques of Metro Exodus, but 
one of them is not its gameplay, which I, I really enjoy. Uh, just like you get fully immersed in the experience. There's something to be said. It's it doesn't Breath of the Wild Dakota have something similar where you can like turn off the map and like fast travel and all of that. Or am I making that up? I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. So I think most games have something. I know Skyrim has something like that, too. I think I'd like more of it. Just give me more of that type of thing. But you have to make sure that you use visual indicators like Breath of the Wild does to say, okay, yeah, no, like, now you have to go here. Have that kind of stuff. Right. It does not. Everything looks similar in Skyrim. If you're just looking from your like character's perspective. Yeah. Everything's kind of ugly. Oof. Damn. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you know, honestly, Bethesda games are mostly pretty ugly. Back at Skyrim now, it is pretty. Just saying, all the best mods for Skyrim are the ones that make it prettier. That's true. So I mean, that's just blatant proof. It's a little ugly inherently. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have a new game this month. With March, uh, we've had a new game submission for our, our patron, Sell You Hurt. This one is called Name My Game. The host will give out, this is the rules of the game. The host will give out the name of a character from a video game. Just today, we're going to do protagonist and antagonist only. So no oh, like right. smaller characters, but we might get into that later. The contestants will have two guesses to guess the correct game. If neither guesses correctly, the host earns a point. If the contestants guess the f- correct franchise, but not the game, nobody earns a point. So you have to guess the specific game if you want a point. But you can prevent me from getting one by guessing the franchise. That sound fair? All right. All right. Let's dive into this. This first one is actually kind of difficult. I'm interested to see if either one of you will know this one. I, I'm very familiar with this character. Nico Bellic. Marcos, which game is Nico Bellic from? Yo, Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah? Dakota? Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> you guys nailed that one. <laughs> okay, what about... Here's, here's one. Dakota's going first this time. Emily Caldwin. Oh, 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 my game. That's Dishonored. Okay. Marcos, you guys got to sound less confident. You know what? Oh, yeah, Dishonored. That sounds about right. Okay, okay. You can't All mention right. anything Dishonored and expect me not to just... Blurt it out. Blast in there. We never talk about Dishonored. Marcos, you're going to be first here. Alf. Alf? Alf. Like, the like the... The sitcom show? Like that. <laughs> like the weird, the dude with the nose? Maybe. Did he have a game? Did he? I don't know. Sure. Why not? Alf the game. <laughs> Dakota. Isn't Alf like a damn Muppet? <laughs> He's something. Is... He eats cats. <laughs> what? The... <laughs> he Either really one of you are right. Do you want to take another guess at it? Either of you? You have two. Does he really just have his own game? He's a he's a main character in a game, a franchise. What? <laughs> I guess I don't know what else to say other than just Alf. Pikmin, come on! Is a Smash what? Bros. character? Yeah. Who gives a shit about fucking Pikmin? Oh and my Pikmin? god! You should have known he's a wait, Smash wait, wait. Bros. character. I'm a, Unbelievable! I'm a, re- I don't play I'm a resident Pikmin. I'm, expert and there is nobody in pikmin named alf that is alf? fake no yeah. okay we're fact checking this now isn't it it's olimar. Olimar. like what alf and olimar oh he no well it was okay alf is a new character that i have never heard of and he's ugly he's just a rip off olimar alf it's, is a one of the three main leaders in pikmin 3 
Okay, on, to be guys. fair, it's all, all of our the worst Pikmin game all from the worst the Nintendo only ones that console. Matter. Just saying. I this I can, I I'm I am shocked. No one gives two diddles I, about I, Elf. I am shocked and appalled. Both. No of one you. cares about Elf. Elf is a care. He's an echo in Smash Bros. People clearly care about Elf. How okay, dare you sorry. Olimar and Lily oh. are more important. No one oh, played no. Pikmin three. That's just new. Who the shit is Lily? Lily's in Pikmin too. They're all Pikmin characters. You guys. I don't We're play, moving I don't on. Don't don't you you guys point. me because I, I, I know point. Point. I, a well deserved point. No one played play. Pikmin three. It was on the Wii. Sir Grotus. Marcos, what game is Sir Grotus from? I'll give you a hint. He is an Sir antagonist, Grotus. not a protagonist. Uh, he's like, what the hell is it called? Paper yeah. Mario? Which one? Do you want to specify? Uh, okay. Thousand Year Door. Yeah, I got to double up on that. That is yeah. the one game that I actually know this character from. Very, yeah, very nice. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. He's the, uh, he's the one that keeps Peach hostage in that weird, like, spaceship with the he's robot in- that falls in love with Peach. It's a very odd story, but yeah. <laughs> He's the one that watches her yep. uh, no, shower. The robot watches her shower. Yeah. The computer. Or the, the camera yeah, or robot, whatever right? it is. Yeah, something. I, How? I don't know. It's Paper How? Mario. Who knows? He just okay, wants that door. Yeah. Here's another easy one. Uh, Dakota, I'm going to make you go first here. Dante. Oh, isn't this uh, Devil May Cry, right? Right? Could be. <laughs> Marcos, which one? I'll be so mad if it's like not Devil May Cry, but it's definitely God bless, because I did not actually know that. <laughs> so you guys tied here. Well, because there's also there's also Dante's Inferno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I we're definitely talking. I'm not gonna try and fool you guys. If there's ever one where I'm like, oh, hey. well, you'll be right then. You Elf. Can, Elf? Elf is a, uh, listen. I will not relent Nobody on this. Elf is a character. Nobody played Pikmin three. Well, clearly, neither of you two did. Yeah, because it was on the Wii U. Did you? Uh, no. Did you play Pikmin three? I have a nope. Wii U though. Nope. Yeah, but you you yes, said so yourself congrats. no one ever owned a Wii U. Listen, you're the only person ever that had one. Okay. Well, we all tied there. We all got a point. Uh, so congrats to all three of us. The score is Marcos 13, Dakota 10, and myself 9. I'm still I'm still lagging behind. I was hoping I'd get an extra point there somewhere. Sir Grotus yep. was impressive. That, that was a good one, Marcos. Okay. I almost said Gears of War. <laughs> Not going to lie. Nope. Uh, lots of news this week. What came, what, what game was announced last week, Dakota, at, during a Nintendo Direct? Don't talk to me about Pokemon Sun and Moon. Or I'm whoa. (laughs) Sword and Shield. What year is it? (laughs) I can't believe my brain just went straight to Sun and Moon, but Sword and Shield. Are you excited about it? Uh, I mean, I'm always excited for any new Pokemon game. It's even more exciting as like more info comes out because they do. They always drop little things like every single month. So, so let's talk about a couple of things here. Uh, First, we have a sort of canvas of the the world which looks pretty linear it seems influenced by uh sort of modern time britain um at least from like what people have been saying i've never been to britain myself but it seems seems like those two things line up pretty well it's a linear map it works from like south to north so your character is just moving in one direction it's not sort of the open world canto 
that I was hoping it would be. But it does seem to have some pretty spruced up graphics. It hasn't totally shaken like the 3DS feel, but it's close. It's a lot closer than Let's Go. Uh, I think things overall look pretty, pretty solid. And then the other thing is we had three starters announced, uh, which I shamefully didn't write down here. Oh, I'll tell you. Brookie, uh, Score Bunny, and Sobble. Okay. And Brookie is our little green monkey boy. Score Bunny is a fiery rabbit. Hopefully not firefighting. And Sobble is a sad little water lizard. They probably wouldn't do firefighting again because they already did that. They do firefighting right? every generation. I know. Why would just they saying. Just don't Because do they're, they're stupid. I don't know. Yeah. They they technically didn't do firefighting with uh, Incineroar, but he basically is a firefighter. He's a literally he's, a He's fighting dark, I think is yeah. his typing. He's a wrestler, yeah, but his typing was fire dark. Okay, okay but he's literally an ugly wrestler. And then even before that, it wasn't He's ugly. the uh, the little fox, the little firefox. Uh, yeah, yeah, psychic. So, but there's been a lot. Favorite? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm Sobble. a Sobble guy. Yeah, this I'm is Sobble guy Sobble. so hard because this is the first generation in a hot minute where I actually love all the little starters. They're so cute. But I'm torn between Grookey and Sobble. See, I'm not, There's a lot of controversy over I'm this not, as to whether or not these are like good or bad or like. There's a, every generation. Or... There's always a controversy about how good the starters are. And every generation, everyone's like, no, the first ones are the best. And then everyone's like, shut up. You're just enjoy the game. Yeah. I don't like bunnies and Grookey's. I, like <laughs> I won't lie. Score Bunny is pretty is like just barely hitting like the threshold. If the like evolutions come out good, it it gets a. It's just the tricks. Mascot. Yeah, that's all I could think about. Is like wow, tricks I are for didn't kids. See that until now. Yeah. <laughs> and and Grookey is. I I just don't like the okay, name. Okay, well you suck. Grookey is mean, a I cute suck. mischievous Grookey. lad. <laughs> Grookey. Grookey yeah. reminds me of Eeyore, so I like Grookey. And he's like a he's. What is Grookey? And he's got like a little. Man. He's got a little stick, and he he makes a little fun tapping. He's closer to Gopher than anything. Fun tapping sounds with his stick. I don't know. I'm I'm Team Grookey now. I'm pretty sure in his evolutions he's gonna get like a drum or a bongo or something. Just saying, he'll be Donkey Kong. That sounds amazing. That might that might actually be kind of cool, but I can't get over the name Grookey. It's good. Grookey. I love Grookey. He's all. Yeah, I'm also rolls right off the tongue partial to the grass starters does it it does not roll is there something with a cke like no grookey <laughs> that doesn't roll that shit like that, that hurts grookey <laughs> no nah, okay. i'm not about it okay <laughs> so anthem it. is breaking consoles <laughs> let's just oh right yeah that uh, speaking yeah, of other so messes not only uh is anthem crashing which was happening a lot it had long load times it's crashing out of nowhere people were losing progress now, it's bricking PlayStation 4s altogether. As of just a couple of days ago, there seems to have been a fix, but it seems pretty convoluted and not easy to achieve. So this is a huge PR mess. Uh, EA reached out the other day to Sony and said, hey, can you please help us fix this? Uh, I'm sure Sony is pretty nervous about it as well. Though, Marcos, you, you're reviewing Anthem for Epilogue right now. You you refuse yeah. to play the game until this is fixed. How big of a problem is this? Yeah. I think it's pretty big. I mean, when the few people that are still trying to stick it out for the game, you know, playing it on, I would imagine, a daily basis, are now 
having to deal with the risk of losing the ability to play anything. <laughs> you can't even bad. like switch games. It's just game over, dude. The second I heard about it, I was like, no, I'm just gonna put this. I took the disc out. Like I'm not even. I'm yeah. not chancing the thing. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That that's just brutal, Dakota. If this were to happen, uh, like say your favorite game, say Stardew Valley starts oh. breaking uh, PCs and it's like, you know, it's a small chance of it happening, but there's a chance. Do you still play Stardew Valley? No, because yeah. one, my PC was expensive. I don't want it to jack it up Two, right. like, you know how many hours I've put into Stardew Valley? OK, well, I met in its prime. How many? <laughs> oh, okay well still because that's a game that i regardless would sink so much time into knowing my luck it would be bound to happen to me and break and i would lose all my work and my computer would be broken so i'm good yeah that just it sounds dangerous so i guess my point is is that even people who really love anthem probably aren't playing a whole lot of it knowing that their console might get bricked so bad look for ea on top like it feels like every Are we surprised, week we though? just have some yeah some weird ea story they just cannot I'm not get a surprised. hold of themselves it's just not a good look they do have the um they at the star wars con coming up they're going to be talking about the new star wars game so fingers crossed that that looks solid it is respawn which just put out apex legends um it's vincent zampella who does great work if this gets messed up i will have lost all faith nothing left i'm the last person <laughs> who even cares what you do ea please don't screw me over okay Let's talk about E3. <laughs> We're 100 days away from E3, and the rumors are already flowing in. Uh, this isn't even so much a rumor as it is a confirmation. CD Projekt Red, the developers behind Witcher, said that they were going to be at E3 and showing off Cyberpunk 2077, which isn't super weird given that there was a trailer for it last E3 and there were all rumors of small shows showing off people, uh, the game and the environment, and people really enjoying that. So. There's no doubt Cyberpunk will be here at E3 in 2019. Marcos, I know neither of you guys really played the Witcher series, um, but Cyberpunk is sort of a totally different thing, right? It just looks like this massive, massive yeah. project. Is this something that you have interest in, or is this the only podcast in the world outside of me who just doesn't really uh, vibe with Cyberpunk yet? I thought you were hyped for Cyberpunk. No, dude. Oh, no. I am. I said outside of me. Yeah. Oh. No, Ben's into it. He's into it. I, I'm into it because I love Altered Carbon, uh, Blade Runner. I love that kind of stuff. I love the feel of this. I don't even know what to call it. It's just like, Cyberpunk style, right? Like, that's shit. the name for it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I, I'm down. It looks really cool. And, like, from the few Vidocs they've done where they show off some gameplay, they showed off, I think, like, one mission. Yeah. It looks really good. I'm I'm really down. Dakota, what about you? Uh, I'm excited because I know I've never played the Witcher series, yeah. but I like the concept of them. There's just a lot of games and they're long. Don't have time. <laughs> but uh, my goal this year was to play Witcher three. I still haven't done it yet, and we're all, we're getting closer to the halfway mark. Well, Somebody's yeah. gotta come on. Put you gotta me in do shape. It. But uh, I, I played a little bit of the first Witcher, which ever, I think you told me that's like the worst one, but I actually really liked it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, then you definitely would like two and three. So it's like, man, I just want to play the other ones, but like, this isn't even, okay, Cyberpunk. So I'm excited for Cyberpunk because I enjoy the idea of the Witcher series. Okay. Plus, right, I'm ready for enough. this new age all of right. uh, where we're, every, all RPGs aren't just like fantasy based or yes. apocalyptic or modern 
oh, it's kind of like a future cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, yeah. <laughs> Atmosphere, which yeah. I mean, even Nintendo's. What's the full Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Even am I saying no? Just twenty seventy seven. Yeah, I'm saying that right. So, yeah, it looks great. Uh, CD Projekt Red has a really good history, obviously, um, of putting a lot of love and care into their game. I think there was a trailer for C- this for Cyberpunk, like, ooh, twenty in twenty twelve. And I remember us talking about this game on the podcast about a year ago, saying like, "Will we see more of Cyberpunk?" And finally, we did last E3. I'm I'm guessing we'll see a lot more of it in terms of like the gameplay, what what the narrative is about. There's all kinds of good stuff I've heard about this game. Let me just get to a couple of the minor details I'm really excited about. First, they say that going out and doing all of these side quests, so just because you like do a side quest doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good thing. So sometimes not doing something is the better choice for your character. Doing something can actually lead to like negative results for your character. I don't know if that means in terms of like stats or what, but just like a, a negative impact on the rest of the world. So it sounds really interesting to me. Like I, I imagine a side quest where your character is asked to, I don't know, maybe kill or harm somebody. And while doing that might get you some sort of monetary reward, it has like a negative influence on how your character is perceived throughout the rest of the world. And that's just something that I feel like CG Project Red can actually do. So when they say it, I believe them. And I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, okay. Let's talk about a juicy rumor. This one's actually pretty quick, but we we got code names for the Xbox One, at, uh, the new Xbox One that will be talked about at E3 in 2019. Anaconda and Scarlet. We had heard Scarlet before, but we hadn't heard Anaconda, I don't think. Uh, Marcos, of, of those two, which do you think is like the better? What Which one is going to cost more money? What's the juicier console, the Anaconda or the Scarlet? God, I was going to say I mean, It's got to be, right? Especially yeah, when like... you use the word juicy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got to. So we'll we'll see if uh, how how much detail Microsoft goes here. There's rumors floating around that say no price will be mentioned at E3, which means that we're probably at least a year off from the next Xbox. So let me just ask you a quick question, Dakota. Do you think that by E3 2020, Microsoft will have released the next Xbox, or do you think they'll still be talking about the details? They'll still be talking about the details, but I think it would be released by the end of 2020, near October, November. Okay. Marcos? Yeah, I was re- I re- okay. about the 2020. So, uh, I, I think it'll be spring 2020. So, I think it'll be before E3. That If I had to guess, I don't think they do this thinking that they're a whole year and a half away, but well, you just never know. We'll, we'll have to you, wait and see. Usually, just most... Uh, a fall release is generally just better for usually most companies for anything. That's why I say that monetarily wise, because it's the holidays. They release okay. it even September. You drop it. You know, you get your big fans that'll buy it right away for six hundred, eight hundred bucks, because that's probably how much it'll cost. Oh God, do you think will... it could really cost eight hundred dollars? Uh, I was thinking six hundred, but I on like release day wouldn't be surprised if there's some eight hundred dollar. But it came with like stuff. Okay. Yeah, because the Xbox One X was seen as like premium, and I'm putting that in quotes. Uh, and that was five hundred dollars. So it almost oh. seems absurd that we'd go three hundred dollars above. But 
You know what? I'm not ruling it out either. I, I was thinking I, 600, like a hard, like definitely 600 at least. Okay, 600. 800 was a little bit of a push, but. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, if they release during fall, then people will buy it during the holidays. So that's what I'm thinking. It's a pretty penny. That is a pretty penny. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Like, what would an $800 con look like, Marcos? What is that even? What What does it have to do for you to be like $800 is worth it? It better be the last Xbox console I buy. Wow, that's a loaded statement. So last console. Yeah. So I, what if? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this to both of you. I'm I'm Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna pitch that's you an eight hundred right. dollar console. You ready? Okay, so for eight hundred dollars, you can get the top tier video game console with top of the line GPU, which you know graphics frame rate, everything involved in, in a GPU, CPU processing, so it's quick. It moves from, from one menu to the next pretty easily. Uh, it has an SSD, so you load into things really quickly. But it doesn't stop there. You get an Xbox One Elite controller or the Xbox equivalent, so you get one of those premium controllers that usually cost about $150. And then you get unlimited Xbox Game Pass. So every game that comes to this $800 Xbox, you are going to get for free for $800. Marcos, is that something you're interested in? What kind of storage is it? Two gigabytes. Three gigabytes Two gigs. of SSD. Three gigs. SSD is, is like the faster hard drive. <laughs> you and your Google What, what does that mean? What to say, man? I don't know what that means. Like, I, like I, I, th- I'm thinking like, like what? How much? Shit right. Can okay. I put so let's say it? three gigabytes. Three hundred. Excuse me. What? What does that mean? No, three gigs? terabytes. I'm all over the place. Three terabytes. I go. finally got there. Okay. Three there gigabytes. we are. <laughs> you you throw like, me in for a loop, dude. <laughs> a mobile game on there. I can play shovel knight <laughs> yeah. and only shovel knight. Okay, so three terabytes. Yeah, that sounds good. You that actually that? sounds legit. Okay, Dakota, yeah, what about that. you? Would I buy it? Yeah. No, because I don't like Xbox. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you spit right in Phil Spencer's face. What if up? Persona 6 is an Xbox exclusive? God, you, I haven't even finished Persona 5, so sorry. I'm still out. You gotta, you gotta win me over a, a little bit. Is an Xbox exclusive. Do you Wait, buy which, it then? Which, which game? Stardew Valley 2. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just seeing wow. what it would take for you to buy an $800 console. God. This woman's going to drop 800 bucks to play Star, yeah. Star Valley 2. Or oh, what was it called? Yeah, but whatever you, his second game If Kingdom Hearts 4 is. was a, an exclusive, you'd pick it up in, in a heartbeat. It would never be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, well, neither so will Stardew Valley 2. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why, I mean, Microsoft also owns uh, Microsoft. So. Microsoft, and Her- Microsoft owns Microsoft. <laughs> so inherently, it'll also you know be what? on the computer. We, it's been two weeks. We're all a little rusty. <laughs> especially all, you. Yeah, especially you. <laughs> Three gigabytes. You could fit Stardew Valley on there, probably. <laughs> You can only get, get like one save file. Oh, but. did you know the Android release of Stardew Valley is coming soon? I didn't. I also don't care. <laughs> yep, that's the reaction yeah. I expected, but that's fine. 
All right, let's talk right. about something that I said two weeks ago. I was happy for THQ Nordic. They've gone through a lot of shit recently. I don't yeah. know who their PR person is, but they've got to fire this man or woman. <laughs> They're probably uh, So they did a an Ask Me Anything after the re- release of Metro Exodus uh, on a website called 8chan. I've never heard of it. I don't know a whole lot about 8chan. So it's I just, just 4chan. It it's just an updated 4chan. So if it's an updated 4chan, then the idea here, I found numerous articles talking about 8chan being notorious for child pornography. There was a lot of backlash for them just agreeing to do the Ask Me Anything on on this website. And it seems like they were kind of bamboozled into it and they didn't really know what they were getting into. But the apology was half-assed. It didn't feel real. I just, I, I was happy for you last week, THQ Nordic. I'm, I just can't get myself there now. So, um, just wanted an update on that story because I, I was talking about how happy I was for them. All right, quick time for our uh, favorite news story of the week. Dakota, Nintendo wants you to stop spending so much money on their mobile games. And you too, Marcos. And me. They don't. I, how the, dare you? Uh, Wall Street Journal <laughs> reported today that Nintendo is asking both its mobile publishers to tone down the amount of money purchases available in games. And asking players not to spend too much on those mobile games. So I don't know. It's just kind of a nice thing at Dakota. I don't. I don't know how. I don't want to like sit here and be like, "Wow, Nintendo's amazing." Clearly, there's a business reason behind doing something like this. But I don't know what it is. It just feels <laughs> kind of nice to be told, like, "Hey, we don't want you to be a whale." If they on every don't want us to spend money on their mobile games, why don't they just remove? Well, that's part of it. They're asking people to remove some of those uh, microtransactions from mobile titles. Okay. Well, are do they you buy this? It? it doesn't. Feel, it feels like you're skeptical. Yeah, because like you don't just have a free <laughs> game, like a game free. You know, like already you got it. You got it. You got me. Free game. You don't just have a free game with constant updates. Like, let's just talk about uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. You don't have that game has constant updates every season. It has a new almost every month. It has like a new little event going on, new updates, new furniture, new animals being added. That doesn't come free. That's people putting in work for that. Those people got to get paid. They're not doing this for free. So how are they going to get their bills in? Maybe maybe the, the look here that they're going for is that they'd rather these mobile publishers have like more discreet microtransactions and that while the games like make money it may be more incentivizing for me as a consumer to buy a game with less microtransactions and play it and say oh you know i don't mind pitching five dollars here or there i i think what they probably want to avoid is games that are are held together by whales i don't know if you are familiar with that term but it's like a it's like draft yeah it's people people who spend a, a lot of money to like even Marcos with like Street Fighter, it's like spend a lot of money to to support the game. The rest of us I, are kind of just playing it, but there's I always. I would like Marcos to say I regrettably have spent a hundred dollars on an aquarium game on my phone. Oh, that's that's my so shame. Bad. I've I've heard worse. I spent more than a hundred on Clash of Royale, like, Clash Royale for sure. I'm probably like six hundred dollars into yeah. Street Fighter. Okay, but this was literally like those are like actually. Like, <clears throat> substance this was literally just you tap the screen and there's like little fish and aquarium things floating around <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. 
Okay, a little bit of sad news. Reggie fils the president of Nintendo America, announced that he was retiring. Uh, His job will end effectively in April of 2019, so we won't even get one more E3 out of Reggie. If you're not familiar with the name, then you probably should be. He's been with Nintendo since, I think, before the GameCube, but he's held this position since the GameCube. And he's notorious for his his opening press conference was was something along the lines of we're here to kick ass and take names and make game, <laughs> make video games. Um, and he's just kind of this. I, I don't know that there have been more genuine faces involved in video games. Like I just see Reggie and I'm like instantly synonymous with Nintendo. And I don't know how long um, it'll take for somebody else to fill that kind of role. I mean, just recently. Awada died. Um, I think Miyazaki is probably the last remaining face, recognizable face for me of Nintendo. Uh, it's just, it's too bad. It, I, I'm glad Archie. that Reggie's taking the time to go spend with his family, but ultimately, this is a big, big loss for us as Nintendo fans. Um, he has such a sweet, wholesome face. A what? Sweet and wholesome face. Yeah, he does. So, and by all accounts, just a good person. So just one of those, he was also the, my body is ready. You'll probably know him from that, if nothing else, at E3. Uh, back when those mobile games, man, he was like, to, I forget what game that was. It must have been Just Dance or something. And just showing that off on, on screen, he ha- had no shame. He was ready to show off those mobile <laughs> or those motion controls. I, I'm going to miss Reggie. He's been replaced by Doug Bowser, who a lot of people say is really great. I don't want to make any Bowser jokes because I heard about a thousand of them. But uh, Doug Bowser seems like a good replacement. We'll see. We'll have to. Please know. play, as we're talking about Doug Bowser, a Bowser boss theme. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, like um, I said, no Bowser jokes. This is very serious. Marcos? Insert. <laughs> what, what? Huh? I, oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. You said, um, and then I was like, oh, I interrupted Marcos. So, okay. I was thinking. Well, what were you thinking about? Come on, deta- cut us in here. I was thinking about a, a Bowser <laughs> joke, right? Sure. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I want to take just a second to thank our Patreon members. We are up. We've, we've officially eclipsed our, our goal of $200. And Dakota is in, in production of the SS spoiler cast or the spy spoiler cast. Um, and we're getting ready to gear that up. But first, I do want to thank um, some new members. We had four of them this month. Wishing for Rain, Artemis, Blister Agent, and Ash to Smurf. We'd also like to give a special shout out to our gold tier members and above. Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Drath Josh, Disney Lover for Life, Sell You Her, Chocolate Chip Pancakes, and X Creations. You can also become a Patreon member for just a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash epilogue gaming. We just reworked all of our rewards. So go check those out. Um, we've got some stuff, including a blooper episode ready for $1 and above uh, members that we'll, we'll be releasing to you guys at the end of this month. So we're really excited for that. Go check it out. We have a ton of new stuff for you guys. Um, and we always appreciate the support. So, okay, let's get into our discussion segment this week. This is it, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm I'm hard pressed to believe that we made it almost 50 episodes without talking about boss fights. How do you go 50 episodes without talking about boss fights, Marcos? 
I don't know. It, it probably should have followed our uh, those the three the two weeks we did uh, protagonists yeah. and antagonists. You know what? It probably should have. Uh, although <clears throat> antagonists are often boss fights. Actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that might have been why. If, yeah, but so this time, a long time we're coming. gonna we're gonna dig a little deeper. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do our goofy rule. We're gonna define what even a boss fight is because I I don't know I. Do we know conclusively what's a boss fight and what isn't, Dakota? Or do you think that's up for discussion? I think it's up for up up for discussion. Okay. Because you got stuff like mini boss fights or sub boss fights, whatever you want to call them. That I feel yeah, like, like Stone Talus in Breath of the Wild. Like, is yeah. that a boss fight? You 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 see him several times. You fight him several times. There's several different versions of Stone Talus. Is it really a boss fight at that point, Marcos? It's like a mini boss fight or sub sub boss. I don't know what they call him. I think, I think it's weird. <laughs> I think because sometimes you'll have like the first encounter with this very significant enemy because it's at the time that you fight it for the first time, it's much stronger than you. Then you realize there's just more. The Talus is one of the easiest quote unquote boss. So if we're calling it a boss fight, it's in yeah. the wild. If we pull up the line, that's a different like, situation. Because I think uh, Dark Souls 2 does it with the flex style sentry. Sort of. Yeah, it, it pops up. And Dark Souls 1 does this as well, where it'll take one of the early game boss fights, like the Taurus Demon, and then there's several of them in the Lost Isolate yeah. area. So, yeah, th that's not uncommon. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty here. Um, I'm going to ask you guys whether or not you think this is a requirement for it to be considered a boss. If it's not, you can just tell me no. You don't have to explain, but if, if you want to, that's okay, too. Does a boss fight need to have a health bar, a visible health bar, Marcos? No. No. Okay, Dakota, what do you think? No. No? Can either of you think off the top of your head of a boss fight that doesn't have a health bar? Guilty Spark. Ooh, yeah, good one. Dakota? Um, No. Yeah, they're, it, they are pretty common. It's hard. I, I know, I'm not sure why. I know there's bosses that don't have a health bar, and that's like part of the thing is like you almost unlock a health bar if you finish the game or whatever, but I know that it exists. I just can't think of any. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like Marco said, any I, I think Halo is does it pretty frequently. I, I can't remember of any Halo fights that have a boss meter but or like a health bar, uh, but it, it is certainly uncommon. So I, I think that most boss fights, for some reason, I don't know if it's just to give you like uh, a visual a, view, a visual cue of how far along you are. I mean, Mario bosses don't have a, a boss, a, a health bar, right? Pretty much yeah, nothing. Yeah, but in Mario yeah. bosses fight. Ooh, Mario bosses follow like a super specific, like every Mario boss, like there's you hit it three times and it's dead. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so, so then we can, we can quantifiably rule out that it does not need a health bar. Like, that we're, we're good. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I, I wanted to make sure. Does the boss fight need to take place in a specific arena or can it take out, it, it, can it take place in the open world of a, of a video game? Uh, Dakota. Oh, that's tough. All of my examples, well... It's hard to say. Most of them have like a little, like their own arena. Um, some couple of them are questionable. Most of them have like their own space to like do the fight. 
And I feel like that is kind of what makes the boss fight is you walk into a super empty space and you're like, well, something's going to happen here. But, and then there's a cutscene, and then it does happen. And you're like, I knew it. Right. <laughs> so I, this, going back to the Stone Talus from Breath of the Wild, would mean that that's not a boss fight. No. Okay. All right, Marcos, what do you think? Do you adhere to this rule? Can a boss just appear out of nowhere? Or does it have to be in a set area? I can only think of two instances where it happens, where they disappear out of nowhere, and that's Taskmaster in the recent uh, Spider-Man game. Yeah, and I love that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you consider, like, the roaming dragons in Skyrim as bosses. bosses. I would say they are. They're not bosses. Okay, so we need. You don't ever fight them. Ooh, what about what about Monster Hunter? Yeah, they they appear randomly. Let's take this to a vote. I say that it does not need an arena. Okay, well, I I I already fucking lose. You both say say no. Okay, all right. So here's another one. So it does not need an arena. It so far we have zero quantifiable features of what defines a boss. So we need to start getting there. Here's one that I think we'll all agree on: unique music. So yeah. it has to have its own theme. Marcos, what do you think? But there are some examples. Like, m- most all of the Monster Hunter fights, like when you first go off to the Rathalos or the, uh, the Nair Gigante, they don't have a theme. Mm. I don't think it's a boss fight then, dude. Yeah. A boss really? fight has to have a theme. I think it has to have a theme. <laughs> Yeah, yep. does it? Real, like you're gonna say that the Nergiante fight I, I, is not. A listen, boss fight. I don't know about that fight specifically. I think if you want it to be a boss fight, you give it some music, dude. I mean, let's let's be honest. What gameplay out in Monster Hunter is there outside of the boss fights? Right, like theoretically, the boss fights. The whole game is. The... Well, you grind like the little stuff. Like, you'll make bait, but I feel you on that. Like, it's always, you're going after the big, the big boys. Dakota, what do you think? Yeah, it's got to have a theme. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, let's take a vote. I say yes, it does have to have unique music. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marcos loses. Sucks a suck. Uh, I I don't agree with it. All right, so that's our first defined role, is that it does have to have unique music. Okay, here's another difficult one. Can you fight it more than once, or does it have to be singular a singular fight? So I, I want to sort of parcel this out a bit. There are some boss fights where you'll fight them the first time, and then they'll have like grown in the second the second time you see them. I'm constituting that, but you can't have the exact same fight twice. Like they, if you run into them twice and they have the same moves, that would constitute as you know fighting the same thing twice. But so does it need to have a unique fight um and that fight only take place once in the game marcos i can't think of a situation where that actually happened oh sure like stone talus again i i, I use this example because i think this, oh, this yeah, is actually a good one to define like okay is this a boss or not and i think they intended it to be but i don't i don't know that it is I guess I should say, I don't think of, I, I can't think of any significant boss that actually does something like that, where it's just the same fight yeah. again. So I, okay. I would I feel say like no. the Lionel is a better example, because Stone, uh, I mean, yeah. Stone Talus is super, super easy to beat. Like, even like in a, like, if it's a, 
boss. Like, it's... Lionel is actually difficult. I feel like that's a better hit for reason. Lionel's probably better, yeah. Is it a boss? Because that is, that's... Because those are harder than the actual bosses in the game itself. Well, we're going to get to that in just a second. But I do want to distinguish whether or not this is a requirement for a boss fight. I.e. that it only takes place once. Now, the one thing I will say about the Lionels is that their environment is different. And that kind of changes the fight, right? Uh, Every time you fight a Lionel, it's in a different spot. So with the Stone Talus, it's kind of like, okay, you just find them out in the open. And the, the general surrounding is pretty familiar. But the... The Lionels are at, like, top of uniquely carved-out mountains. And that just feels different. Not but I always. There's one in, like, the middle of, um, like, Game this... castle. No, nah, not in his castle. Yeah. There's one on, like, this path. I don't remember exactly where the path is. It's somewhere near um, the Blue Dragon, wherever that spawns, near that mountain. Okay. Um, there's, like, these ruins. And he's just kind of on a path down there. Um there's one in like this snowy area and it's not like on the it's i was just wandering and i happened to see it and i was like well fuck that sucks because <laughs> now it was after me i can agree like some of them are like the thunder whatever the one near the rudo village whatever zora villages that they're pissed yeah. about with mm-hmm. his electric arrows that is kind of in its own little set space but sometimes they're just there and i'm like god damn it yeah they can they can be a, a burden. Okay, well we gotta put this to a vote. Um does does the fight need to be unique in that it only happens once to be considered a boss fight, Dakota? I have to say yeah. Yeah. Okay, Marcos. Yeah, I'll go with yeah. yes too. I think if you uh, just using an example, like if you put Gwyn at the beginning of a boss fight, or like at the beginning of Dark Souls, and then you had him fight again halfway through and then again at the end. I don't know that that's a boss so much as it becomes a reoccurring enemy. You know what I mean? Like we that's how enemies work is that you see them more than once. So those like goblins in Breath of the Wild, even the big ones, they're not bosses because you they're all over the place. Oh, what about the pursuer? I'd say that's a that's that's different, but maybe I'm wrong. It, it Hmm, great question. Great question. Uh so pursuer for those who don't know, in Dark Souls 2, you can fight Pursuer in, I think, three or four different spots. And the first time you fight him, it's on top of a sort of uh, blank platform. Uh, it's pretty high up in the in the air, and he's just dropped down randomly, and the, bo- the, the fight take, uh, takes place there. And there's nothing else for you to use. The second time, there are two crossbows, large crossbows, you can use against the Pursuer. And then the third time, I, I want to say he's after the boss fight of the, the Smelter Demon, right? Like, that's when he pops up the third time. I don't think there's any difference, though, between the second and third time. The fourth time you see them, it's two Pursuers, and you have to fight two at once, which I think makes it different. But, whew. Yeah, I'm going to say no, Marcos. I'm going to say Pursuer is not a boss then. That's weird. All I don't right. know. I mean, going by our own rules, right? Yeah, it just hit me right now. Like, I just, when you were talking about, uh, we were just closing the idea, like, Pursuer just smacks into my mind. I'm going I'm to revert back and say that no, then. Because I, I think that's such a good example. Yeah. Really? I'm going to say no. You can still say, the two of you can still say yes, but I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with no. Okay. All right. Ooh. We'll still define it as a rule because Marcos and Dakota said that. But I'm, I'm, uh, 
right there in the middle. Okay, here's here's one that Dakota was alluding to a little bit. Does the fight have to be difficult? Marcos. I'll say no. Okay. Dakota? I got to no, but if it's not difficult, uh the fight just sucks then. Yeah. Okay, well let me let me contextualize yeah. what I mean by difficult. I mean that it there is more Let's say uh, there, there's more nuance in attacking the boss than there would be a normal enemy. So they're more difficult than, than the rest of the game or the rest of the experience. Somehow it stands above everything else in terms of difficulty. So it's, it's more complex um, and, and it requires some sort of added ability to, to beat or conquer than the rest of the game. So that's what I mean by difficult. Now That still gets what, a note from me. Still gets a no. Okay, Marcos. Because yeah, a lot of games don't... Oh, it, that's when you have a real good boss fight is when le- the game does add those extra little features where it's like, you know, if you actually pay attention and you do things, like, it'll be this like this much easier. Like, little nuances. But a lot of games don't do that, unfortunately. Okay. It's just... So, kind of like, like, Final Fantasy yeah. fifteen does a thing where you, like, become a god when you fight Arden. At some point, it's just a yeah. joke fight, but that's the final fight. So then, the only so. things we're left with is that it has to have unique music, and that you only fight it once, so that it's a unique fight. Um, those are our two stipulations for a boss fight. That's it. That's all we have. Can either of you think of anything else that you know makes it a boss fight, or is that it? Are those the only two distinguishing factors? I still feel like it's got to have an arena, Marcos. I think that's, I think about, that's it. about it. I could see arena. I, I think the more I think about it, the more, like we need some distinguished zone for the fight to take place. Because right? I mean, by if we were Marcos's like argument, there was Monster Hunter. You know, there's no arena, but like we, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the music. We threw Monster Hunter out as the monster. But what about Taskmaster? Hmm. I think there's good examples for why. I, I think there will be examples of of fights that don't necessarily fit into our rules, and that's what makes it difficult. But I'm going to add one last stipulation and see if you agree with me here. Boss fights have to take place at the end of a level, and I'm going to say yes on that one. I think that's that's kind of a key. It has to t- not necessarily even a level, but at the end of some sort of journey. So, Marcos, what do you think there? Does Edicts Gundir fit that? Yeah. 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 I think so. You have to. All right. Yeah. I'll what agree about you, with Dakota? That. It has to happen like at the end of like a level, you said? At the end of something. Yeah. Like it has to be the ultimate version of, of, of something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we'll have then. Uh, at the end of a level, unique music and you only fight it once. I think that's pretty fair. I think that's fair. If you, if you fit things into that, those categories, you're going to get what boss fights are. Like Bowser fits into those categories. Gwyn fits into those categories. Um, I presume most of the Final Fantasy bosses fit into that, um, that, those three categories. Right? I don't know that there's much that we can think of outside of maybe Pursuer, which I still think. But Pursuer, you know, as mentioned by Marcos, that you, there's a couple spots where you're not really at the end of anything and it just is there which is what makes it unique and gives it its name of, of the pursuer. So 
Okay, yeah. so that's what boss fights are to us. Um, and, you know, in all of that, we kind of talked about what makes a good boss fight. But I, I did want to talk about, like, amongst all of those things, what is the most important thing about a boss? Like, it, is it the way that it looks? Is it the music that's playing? Is it its difficulty? Uh, is it its narrative influence? Or, uh, you know, is it the importance of a character in terms of plot? So, like, is it more important when you see a boss that's, you know, really impacted the story or does it not matter if it's just, you know, like in Mario, Bowser just pops up at the end for for a lot of Mario games or Ganon, moreover. And it's like Ganon was never really in the story, but he's just there at the end. They like throw him at you, you know? So is that even yeah. important? I don't, I don't know. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys what the most important component of a boss fight is. I'll start with you, Dakota. For me... Looking at least my list of bosses that I enjoyed, most of them have some kind of like their significance to the character or the story of the boss's overall fight. So, okay, but I think that's expected because I'm not a mechanical person. Sure, yeah. What about you, Marcos? I need to have a good time fighting them. Uh, they need so to be fun well, to what is it that makes them fun to fight? <sighs> I want to say difficulty. Okay. I'll go with difficulty. I think I'll, I'll go ahead and say music. For me, boss fights tend to resonate with it when they have music that I'm attached to. Uh, I can't think of a whole lot of fights that really stick to me that don't have or have an absence of music. There's a couple that are very noticeable, and um, those are the ones like where they purposefully took out sound. I think that's just a different version of having music. So I I don't know I of course that is the most important thing to me but I think second most is probably difficulty usually if I don't feel like I'm being pushed by something then it doesn't it just doesn't feel like a a good boss fight to me all right so let's talk about some of our favorites then um, I'll start with you Dakota is there any boss fight in particular that has like really stood out to you after you played it. Gosh my first one that I wrote down on my list isn't even it's it's a wind waker boss. Ooh, and okay. this one, this one just stands out for pure nostalgic reasons. Like that's fair. It's Valu, which is like the first boss fight of well, it's the first boss fight of the game. Um, when you go to like little Rudo Island and you take your little friend Medley and you fly up the volcano and he's pissed or something, so you got to figure out what it is. And there's a giant bug biting his tail or whatever. Right. And so you got to beat up that bug. But that's because I pretty much only ever played Wind Waker as a kid up to that point. Or up to just the island in general, because I would just get stuck in that area. So it's like I just remember that boss fondly because that's I spent so much time there. <laughs> right. Because I I literally I literally <laughs> never left that area past <laughs> that point. Marcus, what about you? Hello. Yeah. Uh, God, I Rubel. don't even recognize that one. It's uh, it's a character from. SNK versus Capcom. It's too. weird. I don't think of fighters as ever having like boss fights. They usually like at the very end of their like arcade or campaign still have a dumb, crazy boss fight. And God Rugal's probably the craziest. Anything that distinguishes games. it in particular? Uh it's a versus game, so like uh Rugal is like one of SNK's bigger uh antagonists next to I would guess Geese Howard. 
And at some point, he fights Akuma, who is my favorite fighting game character of all time. And he kills him, and he gains all of his powers. And uh, it's a really, really cool fight. I'll I'll go ahead and start yeah. with one that I've mentioned a few times in Gwyn. Uh, if we're talking about like narrative significance, music, arena, difficulty, all obviously only fight once. It fits in at the at the end of the road. It is the final boss. Um, it just fits so well into all of those categories. It just clicks with with me on so many different levels. Um, you know, furthermore, Lord of Cinder is kind of just a better version of Gwyn. I don't know that it had the same impact necessarily. Um, because it really is Gwyn again, and then your your former Dark Souls one self combined. But yeah, I just Gwyn. I love Gwyn. I don't. I don't know that I need to even take it further than that. So, no, you're yeah. you're Dakota. Good. What about you? Any more? Yeah, I have um, another uh, Legend of Zelda one. It's but this one's from Skyward Sword. It's Girahim. Okay. I think that's how you say his name, but he's... You've never played Skyward Sword. I haven't, but feel free to spoil it for me. But he... He's not the main <laughs> enemy, but he's essentially this guy who just, like... He is so unnerving and spooky and freaky, and he's just, like, this skinny little gray man who's a little flamboyant, and he's got, like, this emo, silvery white hair. And so that when you fight him, he'll just, like, put his face right up next to you and, like, stick his tongue out or whatever. I, wow. He, if you look... Like, he is spooky. He's that just, like, creepy. And, like, it's... I remember the... Like, he he's not your final enemy. He's not, like, Ganon or anything. But he's kind of, like, that ever-looming kind of antagonist just bugging you and just... He just pops up and he's like, hey, so, what's up, my guy? And, and I don't... Sticks his tongue in your face. Yeah, like, he is just a weirdo, <laughs> but he is so creepy. Weirdo boss and, fights are the best, honestly. Yeah, I'm gonna try and find a video and maybe you could just see it real quick when we're done. Sure. Marcus, what about you? Ooh, uh, Roxas oh, from Kingdom Hearts. So too. good. Tell me why it's good. <sighs> the music. Music is great, and it's challenging. Though that is, that is a hard fight. I I can't say that anymore because I. Well, I the can, first time you played it, it was that, hard that boss. I I the problem is I don't remember okay. the first time I played it. Yeah. It's been so long. But like, yeah, fair. Like anybody's first time, it's a monster fight, but. Like, I play that fight. I go into the data battle on the final mix just to experience it again and again. It's a great fight. The music's probably some of the music of all time in any game. Uh, the arena's fun. Yeah, playing on the uh, the mosaic is Is that the same mosaic beautiful. as the first Kingdom Hearts platform that you're... No, they're, they're different for each character. I think you're fighting... Like, Sora has his own mosaic, and I believe in when you fight Roxas, you're fighting okay, on his mosaic. So I, another one that I wanted to talk a little bit about was Hades from God of War 3. So Hades is like, the, it, it's so perfect. So what do you think of when you think of like Hades? Fire, probably? Yeah, yeah fire, fire and, and death. death. So God of War, when Kratos meets Hades, he's just as intimidating as you would think, but in a different way. He's not like this large, strong, hulking thing. He is strong and large, but he's like fat and gross and grotesque and like the there's just this the arena changes a couple of different times but there's just like this orange flame everywhere and hades you can never really see up to the top of his head it, you do eventually but most of it is just like his big arms and stomach and it's just like so powerful and disgusting and it's just what you think of when you when you're you know like it, 
Hades it, it, with a twist. It's like uh, those Robert McGuire uh, books. Where, you know, it would take like <laughs> the the old fairy tales and then sort of put a twist on it. It's like that was that Hades. And it was just it, it, instantly, instantly, if somehow found a way to take one of the, like, the most popular uh, godheads or um, popular like fictional figures godheads. and put its own mark on it. And it just was ah, so perfect. Obviously, the music's great. Fight is hard. God of War is just a difficult franchise in general. So, as you know, presuming you're playing it on a not easy difficulty. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Just I, that one will always stick with me. I know there's like the Zeus fight, and there's there's plenty of other great God of War fights, but Hades sometimes I, I think about it for no real reason. I I have like dreams about that Hades fight. So, Dakota, uh, <laughs> the yeah. entire time, the entire time you were saying that. I kept getting images of the Cleopatra fight from Dante's Inferno. I haven't played Inferno. Dante's Inferno. But that's now you twice shouldn't. it's been brought up on today's podcast. It's a, it's a disgusting. The, the entire game's disgusting. It sounds interesting. I mean, you're, you're, you're in hell. It's like a, it's a fun game, I guess. It's, it, it plays like God of War. It's basically mm-hmm. a God of War clone. Except Dante's Inferno. I like, I like nasty but... boss fights. Just like Dakota was saying, I like the weird and the creepy. Like the... Well, there's a situation where Cleopatra has infants with size for hands coming out of her uh, wow. nipples. Okay. Ew. Yeah. Dakota, do you have any other? Yeah, that's that's a scene. My uh, last, I, I wrote down three. Um, my last yeah. one was uh, a tie between Sands from Undertale, uh, just because that's a wacky, Ooh, wild like of that. a. That is literally one Ooh. of like the toughest fights in the world. Yeah, uh, but then it was. I decided, you know, that is just like difficult in the sense of it is absurdly difficult. But then I went with Undying the Undying because that just has a lot more like significance. Because there's two versions of her fight in the game, and there's one if you go pacifist, and that's just the Undying fight. Most people know. Uh, if you do pure genocidal, there's Undying the Undying, where when you initially kill her, like. She has so much, like, determination to, like, protect the monsters that you're obviously, like, you're killing them. It's it's the genocide route. She has so much determination, which, like, in the lore of the story, monsters don't have determination. It's something right. that, like, it destroys them. But she has so much of it, it brings her back to life as Undying the Undying. Um, which is, like, also a play on her name, Undying. Yeah. It's Undyed. That, but, that's all of Undertale, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, and it's... It is, I mean, it's still a tough fight, but it's, and then, like, she eventually just fights so long and so hard that she essentially, like, kills herself because she just deteriorates because the sheer will of her determination is, like, it literally melts her because yeah, monsters die from, it kills them. It's a good fight. Uh, I, just to, if anybody cares more about uh, Undertale, we have a podcast that went live last month, the Ludo Narrative podcast covered Undertale, and it's, they do a fantastic job of going sort of character by character and they they tackle undying and sands and all of that um yeah so really there's a lot of stuff i i even they kind of talk about how a lot of it is on the nose so like when you think undying obviously you but don't then ever, like until it comes to her fight it's like oh undying be undying it's she literally just comes back yeah and the um toriel like the tutorial it's like that all of that game is just these dumb double meanings um but lot, lots of interesting stuff in that that episode you guys should go listen to that 
if you haven't yet. So Marcos, uh, what is your third and presumably final uh, boss fight that you wanted to talk about? It's hard. It's a toss-up between Oof, Lady Maria so and uh, okay. Ludwig. I'm glad you picked those two because my last one is a Bloodborne boss, and I, I neither one of those. Yeah. Really? All right. I'd go Ludwig. I like I like probably the best music. It's it's always a toss up for me. Yeah, honestly, the best. And music it has that one. sweet double phase. It's like it, there's so there's lots of great lore behind it. Oh, the midway cutscene yeah. is godlike. It's fantastic when he stands upright and just starts swinging. Amazing. Yeah, and the music kicks in. Oh, that honestly, I I would say that's maybe the best fought, boss fight of all time if you ignore like significance like Gwyn or Bowser like those being like the big bads because Ludwig isn't really that but I I think there's a lot to say about that being one of the best boss I boss he's more of a tragic character than like a huge Mm -hmm. boss but it's so good they did a they did a fantastic job with Ludwig uh so my my last one then I I thought about doing the Super Mario 64 Bowser, which I think is really fun. We, you know, I'll I'll just talk about that. I was going to talk about cost, but we've talked enough. Yeah, go ahead. Let's Bloodborne. go. Um, Bowser, the the final boss in. So this is another one where it's sort of you have different iterations of this Bowser fight. But I, I just love. There's like no better feeling than swinging that analog stick around on the N64 controller <laughs> until you just like launch Bowser into these spike balls. Like, who knew? Even just looking at Mario and, like, knowing that Mario has obviously some sort of special talent, just being able to, like, fling Bowser across the map is super satisfying. And to, like, aim it and whatever you hit, it's just a really great feeling. And it's not easy either. Like, it's actually one of the more difficult. I've seen a couple speedrunners ruin uh, their runs on that that last little section because it's it's difficult. The timing of it is difficult. Bowser is big and hulking. The music is crazy and the uh, the arena is just like this circular platform um, that you can fall off of, and Bowser is like constantly tipping back and forth. So, just all this great stuff going on, and I think better than any Super Mario game, which typically has pretty bad boss fights. That that Super Mario sixty four Bowser fight just stands out to me. I just think about it um, all the, like that for me. If I'm thinking about boss fights, that's the first one that comes to mind for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really? know why, but that. Okay, so just real quickly, let's talk about our least favorite boss fights. The ones we hate the most. Just one. Just one boss fight that we hate the most. Uh, Dakota, I'll let you kick this thing off um, and talk about your least favorite boss fight. I spoiled it a little bit at the the start of the the podcast, but mine would be... All of mine are Legend of Zelda-based, because I I guess. But it's Wind Blight Ganon. Yeah. The... I was so disappointed because the it just comes all back to Wind Waker. I I love the Rudos. I love the village. I was so excited because like you never see him again outside of really Wind Waker. Um, so it's like oh, I'm so excited for this boss. I'm excited for this giant flying thing in the sky. Then you get to the Wind Blight in, and it's literally the easiest fight, and you can just smack him, just smack right. him till he's. It was so absurdly like. And I had done the water water blight first, which was like I would say probably the most difficult. Then thunder blight, which was second. So I think most people think thunder is the most difficult, but it probably depends on like when you get to them. 
right? Like I can understand how, how Thunder would be like the worst because of like Thunder's electric is just awful in that game. Yeah, but Windblade Ganon was the most disappointing thing in the world. It was, it was so... yeah, it was easy and just yeah, not. And it was not like wow, this is such ever. a cool arena, like. Uh, I was so upset. I'm still. I'm. I'm upset now. <laughs> Marcus, what about you? Congregation. <laughs> so we're both gonna do Dark Souls bosses here too. Okay. So what's bad about Congregation? Well, it is the most forgettable boss fight just of a, all time, probably. It, it's just a dude and a couple of little dudes. <laughs> is that name. even a boss fight? Can we talk about that? Is that would that even constitute as a boss? I I don't know that it is. I don't know. It has the problem is that it has a well, it has a boss not, bar. That, it that's has not a, a contingent. Red bar. I know, I know, but like, if we're not gonna say that congregation is a boss, then I would probably either say like Flextile Sentry or Covetous Demon or Demon of Song God, or don't something. You dare. Demon of Song is is in my top ten probably. Uh, it's not a, it's not a good. I love. It's, it's a, a good. good boss, it's, it's a good design. You have to appreciate the design. It's freaky. The design's fine, but like, there's no. It, it's not. It doesn't feel intuitive to fight. You're just smacking. Uh, not it. really. It. Oh yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll leave this for another day. <laughs> so my my <laughs> least favorite is Bed of Chaos. I think that is the worst boss design of all time. And oh, this is so one. absurd. Yeah. I mean, people here know me as a Souls fan, but it, the, Souls is like has a ton of really big blunders especially late game in lost Isolith. the entirety of uh, yeah, dark souls no, 2 not not yeah. that but bed of chaos <laughs> is just so let me walk you guys through because i know we have some people who listen to the podcast who aren't big fans of dark souls well let me tell you one of the reasons that you should add <laughs> to whenever you're having an argument against dark souls or in uh against the favor of dark souls talk about bed of chaos because bed of chaos is this purposefully rng driven boss fight where it's it's sort of like a wizard of oz situation where it's just this tiny lizard controlling a giant tree that is like swinging branches and occasionally like breathe fire and you have to just hit its its limbs one time Uh, that's it that's all you have to do and then it dies but getting to those limbs is really difficult because the whole floor is falling out from underneath you and it's sort of like swooping its arms back and forth and it knocks you into the abyss of nothing. And so it's just based on what moves the thing decides to do as to whether or not you're going to do it. Uh, and then in weird Dark Souls form, whatever you do, it, it holds over to the next round. So if you take out one of its limbs, even when you die, that limb is still gone. So it's like they knew it was bad and just decided not to fix it, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> horrible. It's it, They treated it like a throwaway yes. lore boss. But it, when Dark Souls does that, it does it like pinwheel or congregation in that they're easy, at least. Like, at least it's just a pushover. And we don't have to care about it much longer. But I forgot about yeah, pinwheel. You can, God, you can die like a hundred times to Bed of Chaos. And that's super frustrating because the whole thing sucks. So, okay. Yeah. So, we're not going to do a trivia game this week. Something a little different. Uh... Last month, you may remember that we bet whether or not Apex Legends would have more viewers than Fortnite. Do you guys remember what you said? Nope. Yeah. Well, Marco said yes, and Dakota said no. So maybe. Oh. Um, I also said no. 
So the only person getting a point here is going to be Marcos because, or, excuse me, is, no, I'm wrong. I'm looking at it now. Fortnite, and this is not even really close. Fortnite has 182,000 people watching. Apex Legends, 79,000. So it's starting to dwindle a little bit. Sorry to get your hopes up there, Mark. Um, I, I read that wrong. No, I think it's still the biggest. I don't, I don't know. I've been following this, and it's been close. But this is not really close. Uh, I think going based strictly yeah. off of Twitch, it's not okay. the best, but that's it's a fair. Good, but what uh, else are we? What where else can we get solid go. numbers? Just I don't think the que- the bet itself was whether or not it was going to have more views. Is whether or not it was going to be the no. I I wrote it down. It's which will have more viewers in March. I think you're a liar. <laughs> Somebody can fact check, but that's what I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> Somebody go fact check it and make it so that I get the point. <laughs> so the, the updated score is 13, Marcos, Dakota 11, uh, and 10 for me. So we're moving a little closer. We have a new bet, though, and we're going to do this for – we're going to check in on this in April. So are you guys ready for this one? I got to say, yeah. I can't say no. You, you're not allowed to say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. Uh, okay, so later this month, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered comes out on select consoles Ooh. and PC. The same day, March 29th, Yoshi's Crafted World releases on Switch, <laughs> which will have the higher score on Open Critic Dakota. God, I gotta say Yoshi, because screw Assassin's Creed 3. That was, I don't know how they decided to remaster the worst game in the whole series. So you're that's going a- Yoshi? Yeah, that's not even okay. opinionated, that's just facts. <laughs> Marcus. How did the assassins games normally too. pretty well like, like mid 80s i think if... how did yoshi's not uh, well do? <laughs> uh, hmm. mm. Granted, go marcos, again, marcos? assassin's creed 3 amongst the like this isn't just my opinion. that is considered is like, the worst assassin's creed it, game. that's it's a remaster. like if, that might help because that is it is definitely a lot of people were pissed about this because it is by far the worst <laughs> You know what? Sure. I'll I'll, I'll give okay, it to Yoshi. Yoshi. Why not? Uh, you know, to make this interesting, I was going back and I'm going to go Assassin's Creed. I just, I don't know. I want Yoshi to be good, but something tells me there's going to be, there probably will be less reviews for the Assassin's Creed remaster. And it's only going to be people who really like the game. So they're like looking for a reason to revisit it. That's, that's my logic here. God. So. Nobody yeah, will want to revisit that game. <laughs> God, okay, that game so, so bad. <laughs> we're gonna cover that. Yeah, gonna give it a yeah, one. We'll, Thank we'll you. see. We do have. I, I guess I'll... my first three and out. Assassin's Creed three. Oh boy, <laughs> it's gonna be three sentences. <laughs> game sucks. sucks. <laughs> All one sentence. <laughs> uh, okay, um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that we have coming up on Epilogue this month. Like I said, we're we're in production mode for Dakota's uh, spoiler cast, which I'm really excited about. And you should be too. We'll let you know when we have more details there. Uh, we are also, we have a ton of three and outs ready to be reviewed right now. We just had one published for Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, what did we do last week? We haven't gotten the um, Jump Force is coming out this week, so it hasn't quite been there. Uh, my Resident Evil 2 review just, just popped up last week. Um, Blake wrote about Breath of the Wild and Preston Preston Johnson, the other co-host of um, the Ludo Narrative podcast alongside Blake, wrote the best piece. And I'm not kidding you, like the best piece about Gris or or Greece. Um, 
the, the, plat yeah. the platformer that just Reese. came out. Uh, it's super artistic. If you haven't given that game a shot, you should. But Preston just wrote this really wonderful article on it, and it it's about uh, the the game and how it told him or taught him about grieving and the process of grieving. It's just amazing. Go check that out. Um, and Marcos, you're working on a lot of stuff right now. Do you want to tell us about that and tell people where you, uh, they can find you? Uh, yeah, right now, well, I was working on the Anthem review. <laughs> to be decided. That, 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 that's, uh, I'm waiting for whether or not EA decides to patch it. And if not, then uh, I'll just brave the waters and uh, throw all yeah. costume into the wind. When Don't Make Cry drops, I'll be right. working on that review. And Sekiro for me, which I'm excited about. That's just a few weeks away. Yeah. And I'm also currently working on a new Ooh. top 10. Do you want to keep that secret or do you hint want to it. spill the deeds? Hint it. Spill the beans. It, 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 yeah. Romance Ooh. options. It's going to be interesting. Uh, where can people bird. find you, Marcos? Yo, uh, Twinkie537. I'm Marcos coming on Twitter. The cute one. You can find me at Spygina on Twitter. And With two A's. Yep, two, I think it's two or three. I don't remember. Two or three. <laughs> oh boy. Um, are you working on anything, Dakota, outside of the the spoiler cast? Being alive. And being alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Benjamin Ten on Twitch or Benjamin Plays on Twitter. Uh, I'm working on Metro Exodus. I Sekiro is coming up for me. Um, I don't think outside of that a whole lot. Oh, the Trials Rising. I'll review that as well. So um, you can look for that on epiloggaming.com. As always, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you guys next week. I think we're, except for Marcos, we, we might be missing a Marcos who will be. It's yeah. up in the air, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what's going on Wednesday, but I will be, like, most of the week I'm going to be on H3. Okay. Uh, but the podcast will live on one way or the other. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you for yeah. listening, as always. Take care, everyone. Bye.